The following message is from Life Source Christian Church MP3 Audio Lounge. More information about Life Source is available at lifesource.org.au. If you have your Bibles, would you open to Acts chapter 16? We are going to continue the series that we started on the year of the open door. We call 2017 the year of the open door. What that means is this, is that God's going to be opening doors for you. And, uh, but also what happens is this, is that God actually also closes doors for you. And, and uh, too often what happens is that people get very upset when a door closes and I stopped getting upset a long time ago when doors closed because for me it's direction. And so what happens is that is that I I I love being directed by God. And I think one of the big pressures on people's lives is what's the right direction? How do I find the will of God? How do I get the right direction? How do I find guidance? And so I've heard of all sorts of methods. Have you heard of the flip the coin method? Huh? Heads, heads we do it, tails we don't. Huh? And how many of you know that's really not a precise way because that's chance. You're going to get an answer one way or another, but is it the right answer? I, I think probably um, one of the things that Christians, the Christian the Christian flip the coin is the fleece. How many of you heard of the fleece? Lord, just give me a fleece. And, and for those of you that are new, um, it's taken from the Old Testament book of Judges where Gideon was sus about whether God was in this or not. And so what he did, is he put out this uh, lamb's wool out there. It was called the fleece. And if it was wet and with dew, it meant, yes, God. If it was dry, it meant, something else. And so we call it the fleece. And, um, and so I heard a story once of, of this guy asking for direction. And he wanted to know where God wanted him to go next, what country. And so he asked for a fleece. And, uh, and then he opens his eyes and he sees this bar of chocolate that was Cadbury's Brazil nut. And so his conclusion was that God wanted him to go to Brazil. When I was telling the story to a friend of mine, he says, just as well it was Brazil nut and not a Mars bar. <laughs> anyway, so, so can, I, can I share with you this morning just a clearer way, a clearer way of finding God's will. And, and I'm going to use... Paul's methodology, because if there was, I, I suppose if there was one person that in history could hear from God, it would be the Apostle Paul. Would you agree with that? I mean, he wrote most of the New Testament, and so he's someone that really could hear from God, and, uh, and let's, let's, let's have a look at, at how he was led by the Holy Spirit, by God. In this scripture, in Acts chapter 16, verses 6 to 10, when they'd gone through Phrygia, this is incidentally just a part of the story of Paul's second missionary journey, second missionary journey. 
And, um, and so he, was, he started with Barnabas. They started in Jerusalem, Barnabas. They got up to Antioch and had a real big argument. Paul and Barnabas had a big argument. And, uh, and it was over um, uh, Barnabas's nephew, Mark. And uh, Barnabas wanted to take Mark, and Paul didn't want to take Mark. And so, and so they got into a Barney. Do you know that that's now in colloquial English... You know, if you have a Barney, it's having a big argument. And that's what Paul and Barnabas did, had a big argument. And, um, and so what they decided is, Barnabas, you take Mark, you go wait, your way. I'm going to take uh, Silas and we'll go our way. So Paul took Silas, left Barnabas behind in Antioch. So it says this, um, verse 6, Now when they had gone through Phrygia and the reason, region of Galatia, they were forbidden by the Holy Spirit to preach the word in Asia. After they had come to Mysia, they tried to go into Bithynia, but the Spirit did not permit them. So passing by Mysia, they came down to Troas. And a vision appeared to Paul in the night. A man of Macedonia stood and pleaded with him, saying, Come over to Macedonia and help us. And afterward, he had seen the vision. Immediately, we sought to go to Macedonia, concluding that the Lord had called us to preach the gospel to them. Okay. So this is the year of the open door. And we've taken it from Revelation chapter 3, verse 7, where Jesus says, I am he who opens and no one shuts, and shuts and no one opens. So we've taken it from Revelation chapter 3, verse 7, where, where Jesus is in control of our lives by opening doors and shutting doors. Open doors, shut doors. Open doors, shut doors. Open opportunities, closed opportunities. How many of you have tried to go into a situation and all of a sudden all the doors have shut? You know, you couldn't get the visa, you couldn't get through, you couldn't do this, you couldn't do that. You know, just recently I had an invitation to go and preach and do a pastor's conference in India. And it was all organized, it was all set up, over a thousand pastors were together, I bought the ticket, and, um, and so they did their application from India, and so I go to the consulate in India, uh, in, in Sydney, the Indian consulate in Sydney, and, 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 and they just said, well, what are you doing there? And I said, well, I'm just going to go and preach to some pastors. And they said, um, what sort of messages are you going to preach? And I said, just Christian messages. And they asked for the mess. They actually asked for the manuscripts of the messages. And so I gave them the manuscripts. And, and, so, uh, um, and so they were you know, working on my visa. So two weeks to go, I'm contacting them. You know, how's my visa going? I've got to fly in two weeks' time. We're still working on it. We're still working on it. We're still working on it. A week to go, how's my visa? We're still working on it. We're still working, working on it. Uh, you know, a few days before I'm, I'm meant to fly, I literally go there and I said, I'm not leaving here until I get my visa. And they said, no, we're closed for lunch. Um, how, how long is your lunch break? Oh, I think it's all day today. And... Uh, <laughs> So uh, and so, I, I was literally sent from one office to another, and um, and eventually I said to somebody, "What happens if I don't get a visa?" And they and they said, "Well, you can't fly." And so the day came where the plane was leaving, but guess what? I wasn't on the plane because the visa. And you know what I concluded on that? 
I mean, I made a lot of conclusions, let me tell you. A lot of them weren't nice. But at the end of the day, I, I, I really had to come to the point where I said, God shut the door. God shut the door. And it wasn't meant for me to go to India. And uh, same deal happened another, you know, just recently, maybe, and the same thing, you know, trying to get to India and the door closed. And so, you know, I, I'm a little bit um, less spiritual than Paul. So it's taken me a couple of times to maybe conclude, maybe, maybe God hasn't opened the door for me get, to go back to India. And so, and so what we've got here is, is you can either you know, bang on the door, get so frustrated, get so angry, or you can come to the conclusion, let all the stress out and say, God, you shut the door and maybe you're guiding me somewhere else. And so what God has done is he's opened doors for me to Poland. He's opened doors for me to go to Slovakia. Easy. I've got an Italian passport. I just present the, pa the Italian passport. I get access to any European country at all. Uh, 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 and, and God opens doors. And so you've got to go where your open door is. So what we find here is that Paul is being led by open doors and shut doors. So, so let me talk to you, first of all, about general revelation and personal revelation in finding guidance. Let me talk to you a little bit about this. Because when it comes to general revelation, this applies for all of us. So general revelation is what does God want of you? What does God want you to do? And this applies to me, it applies to you, it applies to everybody. So when you're saying, Lord, what's your will for my life? The general revelation is God's will for everybody. So for everybody that's here in this auditorium, everybody that's, that's watching this program on television, everybody that's listening on the, on the internet, here it is, Micah 6 verse 8. He has shown you, O man, what is good, and what does the Lord require of you? Here it is, to do justly, to have mercy, to walk humbly with your God. You want to know what God's will for your life is? That's it. That's it. Are you doing that? You say, yes, I am. Fantastic. Well, let me give you a little bit more of God's general revelation. Turn to Mark chapter 12, verse 30 to 31. You shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. This is the first commandment. And the second is like this. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. There's no other commandments greater than these. So you want to know God's general will for your life? Love God, love people. How are you going with that? You got that? Well, there's more. What's more? Well, hey, you got to accept Christ. John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. God wants you to believe that Jesus died for you. God wants you to say yes to Jesus. That's his general will for every man, woman, and child on this planet. How are you going with that? Because if you haven't said yes to Jesus yet, before the service finishes, we're going to give you an opportunity to say yes to Jesus, and you will never, ever regret saying yes to Jesus. It's God's will for your life. Here's another one. Are you ready for another one? God's general will for your life. 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 10 says, is it 2nd? Um, yeah, sec, yeah. Basically, is it, just go back to 2 Thessalonians 3, verse 10. It says, if anyone will not work, neither shall he eat. Basically, what God wants you to do is work for your eating. So uh, God doesn't expect you to bludge. He expects you to work 
it's a good thing to work. Matter of fact, one of the first things that God told Adam to do was to work in the garden, tend the garden. And so you got to work. It's part of the deal. Now, some of you work smarter than others. Some of you, um, you got to do pick and shovel uh, to get your living. And that's okay if that's what you can do. Pick and shovel. I did it when I was studying in, uh, at university between uh, semester breaks. I'd be picking and shoveling as a builder's laborer. And that was the only work I could get, but I would do it to earn my keep. Even when I was in Bible school, you know, I'd pick and shovel, whatever it was. But it's a good thing to work for your living. Now, some of you get smarter and you do investments. You don't have to pick and shovel. You're doing investments. You're on the, uh, you're on the computer and you're watching the stock market and you're you know, doing whatever. At the end of the day, whatever it is that you have to do, it's good to work for your living. And then the fifth general revelation, and there's so many more. The Bible is full of general revelations that apply for all of us. Preach the gospel and make disciples. It's as simple as that. Mark 16, 15 talks about preaching the gospel. Matthew 28 talks about making disciples. That's what we call the general will of God. And, and the Bible is full of the general will of God, the general revelation for everybody. Then we go from the general to the personal. So, okay, that's for everybody, but what about me personally? The personal revelation. Well, the personal revelation has to do with finding your life's purpose. It's for you to find your life's purpose. And so Paul had the general revelation, and then we get an insight into his personal revelation in Acts chapter 26, verses 16 to 17. So this is, remember the Damascus Road experience when, uh, when Jesus appeared to Paul? as He wasn't even saved at the time. I mean, he was a persecutor of Christians. He actually saw Christians murdered. He saw Stephen getting murdered. He, he, he was a persecutor of Christians. He was going to Damascus to persecute some more Christians. And he has this encounter with God. And he's talking about this. He's summarizing it in Acts 26, verses 16 to 17. Jesus says, rise on your feet, for I have appeared to you. Here it is. For this purpose, I'm giving you your specific purpose, your, your uh, personal purpose in life, to make you a minister and a witness, both of the things which you've seen and the things which I will yet reveal to you. And then the next verse, he explains that God's going to send him to the Jewish people and that also the Gentiles, that he was going to be sent to the Gentiles. And, uh, and the apostle Paul's purpose in life was to become an apostle to the Gentiles. And right there at the very beginning, God revealed to him his personal revelation. You, you know what I find um, very touching this morning is that, is that back in 1978, January 1978, God actually used this scripture that he gave Paul as my personal revelation to enter the ministry. And, and so I saw my name in the Bible right there. And uh, it was like that, that those two verses just leapt out of the page. And it was God speaking, but arise, John, for this purpose I've revealed to you, to make you a minister. And I don't know how many times over the last 40 years, 1978, so it's 39 years, I've literally gone back to that scripture and used it as a foundation as my, on my life. When, when I doubted, was I really called? And I doubted, 
you know, there's so many other things I could do. God, do you really want me to be a pastor? For this purpose, I've revealed myself to you. To make you a minister, it was like, nah, I can't escape this. This is my life purpose. It's a personal thing. You've got to find your life purpose. You've got to find what's personal for you. You've got to get a revelation, which I can't give you, your neighbor can't give you, but God's willing to give you. And once you do that, then it sets the general direction for your life. So the general direction for your life is connected to your personal revelation. And then you go to step number three, which is the step-to-step revelation. And this is what puts a lot of stress on people, the step-to-step thing. It's the daily stuff. How many of you know this is where the stress is? We can do one, we can do two, but three, the step-by-step revelation. This is the daily will of God. Paul talks about it in Ephesians 5.17. Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Are you following me this morning? I'm giving you some teaching. I've gone into Bible teaching mode this morning just to take you on a journey at a million miles an hour because uh, are you you there with me? Okay, so this is what I've discovered, that the general revelation and the personal revelation is my responsibility to find from God generally what he wants me to do and personally what he wants me to do. But I find the step-by-step, step-by-step stuff is God's responsibility. I, I, I actually put the step-by-step stuff back onto God. And I say, okay, God, this is, I, I'm, I'm more than happy to say general revelation, yes, Lord. Personal revelation, yes, Lord. But step-by-step stuff, I need for you to guide me. And you know what I found? The way that God guides me is by open door, shut door. Open door, shut door. Open door, shut door. Matter of fact, one of my favorite scriptures in all of the Bible in regards to God having responsibility for this is Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6. How many of you love Proverbs chapter 3, 5 and 6? You, you know the scripture. You probably know it by heart. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him. And here it is, bottom line. He shall direct your paths. If there's one thing that you need to underline in the Bible, it's he shall direct your paths. He takes responsibility for the step-by-step. But you've got to take responsibility for the whole general revelation, personal revelation, this whole trusting God, this, this, this whole acknowledging God, this whole leaning not on your own understanding. You not trying to make it. You know, this, I've got to make it happen. You know, and, and too many people just get caught up in the 10-year plan and the five-year plan. You know, I'm seriously, some of you that are in year 12, I'm just kind of trying to work out what am I going to do with the rest of my life? And it's like pressure, pressure, pressure. How's, how's a 17-year-old supposed to know what they're going to do for the rest of their life? You know, talk about pressure. You know, that, that takes away your sleep. My attitude is, he's going to direct my paths. I got no idea. He's going to direct my paths. I got married when I was 21. You think about this. I had no idea what I was going to look like in 30 years' time, let alone what Anne was going to be like. But I trusted God because God was involved in it. And so, and so 30 years down the track, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at the journey and I'm saying, 
God, you knew better than I ever did. This is just awesome. You know, I couldn't have picked this, but you did. And I just flowed with you. I just went with that flow. It takes all the pressure off, all the pressure off. And, you know, when I graduated from from year 12, I went to university studying being an architect. And God changed my journey on the way. It's not as if that first year of university was a mistake. I honestly believe it was part of the will and purposes of God. But when I got to the end of the first year, God says, great, big tick on that one. Now let's do this. Okay, God, we'll do this. Shut door, open door, shut door, open door. Amazing. And so have a look at what God did with Paul. I love this because the scriptures that I read to you earlier on from Acts 16 is how God step by step led the apostle Paul, the guy that could hear from God. I mean, he went up to heaven for goodness sake. He heard things that can't even be uttered. If there's anybody that can hear the audible voice of God, it was the apostle Paul. This guy is numero uno when it comes to guidance. You know what I'm talking about? And so watch what happens here. So he starts in Antioch after a big argument with Barnabas. How many of you know that that gives all of us a lot of encouragement that he had an argument with Barnabas? How many of you feel encouraged by that? (laughs) Because even the Apostle Paul could have an argument. No, no, he's too holy. He's... I, I, I think his personality was pretty black and white. I've tried to study their personality types, Barnabas and Paul. Now, I, I kind of find Barnabas more the pastoral type. Come on, let's give him another chance. And Paul's black and white. Nope, we gave him a chance. He, he muffed it up. I don't trust him anymore. He needs, to, he needs to just grow up a little bit more. Oh, come on, Paul. He's okay. He's my nephew. I know his parents. They're good people. No, we gave him a chance. It's all over. <laughs> That's the Apostle Paul, folks. How many of you know? We've got personality types and you know, black and white people. How many, no, don't put up your hands, but I can look, I look across here. Some of you are just black and white, Matt. Everybody gets one chance, and if they mess it up, it's all over. And then the other people, well, you know, the third, the fourth, the 15th, the 3,000th, and you're still kind of feeling sorry for them. Let's not go there. Okay, so have an argument. So they launch off from Syria. Now, now the deal was this. They had letters. They had messages to give the churches. There was a big council meeting in Jerusalem. The apostles met. And it was a big deal for them because even the early church back then still had to journey their way through Judaism to Christianity because all of them came from Judaism before they became Christians. And so Judaism had all these rules, especially for the men. I mean, you had to be circumcised. And, and, so, and then you could become a Christian. And so, and so some of the guys said, yeah, 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 hang on here. When they, beget, when they get saved... We circumcise them, then they can become Christians. And it's like, whoa, hang on here. What's going on here? So, yeah, that makes it, I think, a lot tougher for people to respond to the gospel. Anyway, the point is this, that the Jerusalem Council decided, no, we're not going to go there. We're not going to put the demands of Judaism on new Christians. We're just going to leave them the way they are and just teach them the gospel. So go to all the churches and just say, no, It's just a brand new start as a Christian. So they got this message and they're taking it to the churches. 
But they're also, the other responsibility was not only just give the messages, but plant new churches and spread the gospel. And so, and so what happens is they launch out of Syrian Antioch and they go northwest. And so they go northwest through the regions of Syria to Cilicia. Cilicia is where Paul was born. Saul of Tarsus is in the region of Cilicia. Then they go from Cilicia, the region of Cilicia, to the city of Derby. Then from the city of Derby, they go to the city of Lystra. It's in the city of Lystra that they find Timothy and they start um, uh, mentoring Timothy and they then bring Timothy on the missionary journey with them. Paul wanted to mentor Timothy. And they go from Lystra through the region of Phrygia and Galatia. Now, constantly northwest. So they're constantly journeying northwest, hundreds of kilometers northwest. They get to this region of Galatia and then Paul wants to go south to Asia because he's church planter. I mean, he's going through the general and personal revelation. You know, preach the gospel, plant churches, go to the Gentiles. So he's saying, man, let's go south to Asia. And the Bible says they were forbidden by the Holy Spirit to preach the word in Asia. So they decided we won't go south. So what do they do? They just continue on northwest. They don't change the direction. They continue on northwest. Incidentally, you can have a look at this in the back of your Bible. There's, all of your Bibles have got maps, and there's not too many texts that are from the maps at the back of your Bible. Nobody says, now turn to the back of your Bible and open up to the maps. But you can do that this morning and have a look. In the, in, in, in the back of your Bible, there's the maps of Paul's second missionary journey. And you can watch. They're going northwest, northwest. Then they come um, to the region of Mysia, and Paul says, let's go north to Bithynia. So Bithynia is a region north of where they were going. And the Bible says the Spirit did not permit them. So what you've got, shut door to Asia, shut door to Bithynia, but the door is open for them to continue on that journey northwest. northwest. Then they get to Troas. And at Troas, they're saying, okay, God, now we've reached the sea. We've reached the ocean. Um, where do you want us to go? And the Bible tells us that when Paul was praying, they get a vision of a guy pleading from Macedonia, saying, come and help us. Come and help us. And they concluded that God wanted them to go to Macedonia. Now, now here's the big question for me and for you. Why didn't God tell him right at the beginning of the journey that he wanted him to go to Macedonia? Huh? Hello? Why? Why, Why didn't God make it clear? Why doesn't God give us the five-year plan or the ten-year plan? Why? Because there are times where God just wants us to trust him. Everybody say trust. How many of you know that that's a big deal, trust? We want the five-year plan. We want to know what the future... We want God just to lay it all out for us. And sometimes God says, just trust me. When it is time for you to know... You will know. And so, and so, you know, when they were in Galatia, God didn't say anything. He just shut the door. No, you're not going south. When they get to Phrygia, no, you're not going north. Well, where do you want? Just keep doing the last thing that I told you to do. Keep going northwest. 
And so they keep going northwest. And so when they get to Triwest, we get when they get to uh, to Triwest, we got the sea. What happens? God says, "Now I want you to go to Macedonia, and have a guess what direction for Troas Macedonia was: north, south, east. What do you reckon? Northwest. When you look on a map, where is Philippi, the first city of Macedonia from Troas? It's northwest." of Troas, and it was like God saying, I'm leading you step by step. Will you trust me? Will you look at what I'm doing in your life? Will you trust me? Will you trust that I will take you on the journey of life? And folks, for every single one of us, we need to build that trust aspect because the enemy just wants to pile stress on us anxiety upon us. I'm looking around here and some of you, you know, you've got kids that are teenagers. How many of you know that's a stressful time? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you just don't know what the future's going to be. But trust me in this, that if you do the right thing and you just keep doing the last thing that God told you to do, they'll turn out all right. They'll turn out okay. you just got to trust. And sometimes they're going to take... They're little journeys of discovery, and you just got to trust. You just got to trust that, that they'll come back. You just got to trust that the foundations that you put into their lives will be foundations, and uh, one day they'll come and they'll get rid of all the stuff that they've built on top of the foundations and just get back to those foundations. And uh, can I, you know, I've been on this journey 36 years. I've gone through the teenage years. I know the challenges of the teenage years. But you know what? You just trust, and God will take you through. God will take you through. Every season has its challenges. Every season has its potentiality for stress. Every season. Anne and I have come into a brand new season now with all of our parents in their 80s. So this year, my mum's going to be 82, my mother-in-law is going to be 83, and my father-in-law is going to be 86. So once they're in that age, they're not in their healthiest state. And so you've got those challenges in life. We've never been there before. We've never had this season. Our, Our folks have always been healthy. Now they're in their 80s and they're more dependent. But you know what? God gives us the grace to rise up to that challenge. God gives us the grace to meet the need at hand. But you know what? We just keep going northwest. We just keep traveling step by step, just trusting God and just knowing that at every single point, God's grace is sufficient for us. And when you get to the sea and you know which way to go, God's got the direction there exactly, specifically for you. And that's where all the stress is removed. Come on, some of you are facing challenges with your health. Some of you are, chase, are, are, are facing challenges with your loved one's health. Can I just say to you, God's got it sorted. For you just to trust is such a powerful feature, such a powerful thing. I'm going to finish this morning as Tim comes up by just putting it back onto you. This is your responsibility. Number one, get the general direction. Get the general revelation of God. You've got to get that. That's so important. What does God require of you? What does God require of you? Well, one of the things that God requires of you is just to walk humbly. 
just to walk with humility before his presence. Just to begin. And humility is just this ability of saying, God, not my will, but your will be done. How powerful is that? Will you just relax? You just put it all and say, God, you're doing this with me. You haven't abandoned me. I'm just going to relax and walk humbly with you. Thanks for listening to this message from Life Source Christian Church MP3 Audio Lounge. We invite you to visit us online at lifesource.org.au to find out more about our church and to also access other free resources.